This is episode number 222. How can you serve others with your knowledge? With Gerald Spahn. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lokid, and this is the Overcoming Outs podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being is if you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes or if this is your first time tuning in, consider supporting our cause by making a donation through our website at overcomingodds.today so we can continue creating and sharing these courageous and inspiring conversations. The second announcement that I wanted to make is an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming experience called Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. This is a weekly conversation that is broadcasted live through Facebook and LinkedIn where we explore the topics around the concepts of the connection between gratitude and grief, gratitude and resilience, gratitude and relationships in our lives, and many other topics. If you'd like to know more details about any of these upcoming experiences, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today where you'll be able to find the time and place that each and every single one of these takes place. Last but not least, if you've enjoyed any of the previous episodes, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Gerald. Here we are, man. <laughs> oh, man, it's so awesome. Who would have known that this would be the journey where after graduation, we'll be having this conversation however many years down the road. And you know, I truly meant it. I think meeting in Mary's class and then just being able to see kind of the brief potential that each one of us had and exploring that and then from there choosing to stay connected, like that's that really made the difference. So shout out to Mary and Craig and everyone else in that department because they really, I don't know if, what they've done for you, but for me, they really helped me see life through a completely different lens and just develop that perspective. Absolutely. They, they were always giving us, um, giving us the knowledge and putting us in the position to be successful and um, really just trying to give um, us as their students any opportunity that they could. So, um, so um, a shout out to them is, is due indeed. Yeah. Do you keep in touch with either of them still? Um, a little bit here and there. I haven't spoke to Mary in probably two or three years now. Craig, um, I share messages with him here and there a little bit more often, but uh, but I, I'm not as regularly regularly as I'd like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're incredible human beings, and mm-hmm. I'm grateful for a crossing paths with them and everything that we've done. But I'm also grateful just to have this conversation for a couple of different reasons. So I remember, well, a when I met you, you were in the wrestling space and you were trying to figure out you know, how can you make this a reality moving forward and things like that. And then here you are actually doing it. And mm-hmm. even in this past year, seeing the transformation that you've gone through, I was just fascinated by and just looking at someone else who's doing and living 
the story and the life. I was like, wow, that is incredible. Everything that you've accomplished. I don't know if you've had a chance to really reflect upon it all and like understand that you've come a long way from where you started. Absolutely. And I appreciate you in saying that. And I'm I'm certainly not alone because, you know, you, you have as well. And I think that just speaks to uh, the type of, um, you know, like what you get f- as a first impression from a person um, really is important because I, I want to say from the moment, like I got the opportunity to meet you and just maybe see you do some presentations or hear you speak. I could just tell that there was something about you that you were, you're a person like me and that you, you're looking to pursue something greater and something further. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's, what had uh, attracted us into becoming friends and staying in touch as much as we have over the past few years. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I think seeing that drive in the other person, such as yourself, that was a, that was the moment I was like, I've got to yeah. stay, I've got to find a way to stay in Gerald's life, <laughs> yep. whatever the, whatever the lengths I got to go to. But I, I'm grateful that we're able to have this conversation. And what I wanted to do is I actually wanted to create a space for this conversation around this concept of martial arts mm-hmm. and in particular what you've been up to. And I think the best way that maybe to even approach that angle, because I know that myself included, there's so much about it that I don't know. Yep. You know, there's so many stigmas, there's so many expectations and assumptions that I make because I'm just truly not engaged in it as much to even understand what that thing entails. So best way that I could think we can maybe even start this conversation is when you wake up in the mornings Mm -hmm. and when you choose to do what you're doing, what is the choice that you make? Because I know that one of the assumptions that I used to think was that anyone who's a fighter, the choice that they make is that they choose violence. Mm Mm-hmm. But the reality of the matter is I think it's slightly different than that. So I wanted to ask you that, like, do you consciously recognize what is the choice that you wake up with and why you do what you do? Absolutely. And it's a it's a combination of a few things. Um, for me, it's it's not really about me so much. It, it's bigger than that. And it's about the people that have chosen to believe in and support me um, my entire life. So. I grew up in a small town in Southeast Ohio, um, New Lexington, Ohio. It's a part of like what they would call Appalachia, Ohio. Um, You know, a little bit of a lower income area, um, amazing people. Um, But one thing that's always been consistent is through any trials and tribulations, successes, failures, no matter what um, those people as as far as, as well as the others that I've ran into in my life have always been incredibly supportive, has, have always believed in me wholeheartedly and have um, never done anything but tried to, to help uh, help me in any way, shape or form. Mm. So a lot of what I do is is to almost repay their belief um, because so, someone's belief in you is them spending their energy, their thoughts, you know, their time, potentially their money in you. And I just want to show anyone that has ever done that in regards to me is not wasting their time, their energy, their thoughts, or their money. And that mm-hmm. it's, it's going towards something that they could be proud of and enjoy. Um, that's one of the things that's on the forefront of my mind, as well as it's the way that I found that I can express myself um, the most, um, the most, this is the way that I can be the, the most self-expressive through. It's not through the violence. It's through the, what I, what I call the beauty and chaos. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, you know, I, I've, I've, get, I've tried to draw, you know, I've tried to do some graphic design, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I just, 
it doesn't really work for me. My, you know, I don't have a very steady hand when it comes to the pen and, uh, you know, so, some of that graphic design stuff comes kind of kind of difficult for me. But um, it's just like I've always been a person that's felt the need and the desire to express themselves. And I think people all naturally do. We just all do differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for and for a while, it, it, it sports have been a mainstay. You know, it was football. It was wrestling. Um, but once I started uh, fighting in mixed martial arts, I really, it was on a totally different level than I have ever seen because really, um, you're not restricted to one style. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as you can go in, um, do what you need to do and get out it, it, you know, nobody's really concerned as much as how you do it, as long as it's within the rules. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I can go in, you know, a dark gym with either my teammates and a full coaching staff, or maybe, um, you know, early in the morning by myself and just, you know, perfect, 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 and work on my craft, work on my craft, work on my craft. And I truly enjoy it and truly have so much fun and and get so much out of it personally. And then when I go compete, I have people that, you know, are are willing to spend money, buy tickets, come do it, cheer for me. You know, I, I, I've got my favorite video I've ever seen my, um, for my last fight, uh, there, my buddy's garage was filled with probably 50 to 60 people I went to high school with. That's and awesome. The, yeah, when the fight ended, they all went nuts. And I have honestly, <laughs> it's one of the coolest and like most like emotionally awesome things I've ever seen. Like that video I will keep forever and I will watch forever because like that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So um it, it's really a combination of um showing the people that believe in me that their belief isn't for naught, as well as um it, it's how I can express myself best. At what point did you did you personally start to believe that this is something that you can actually do as a form of living? So I've always believed in myself and anything that I've, that I've done, but there's always like a next step, a next mm-hmm. level, at least in my brain. So I, I, I never believe that I can't hit a certain level, but you, you almost have like those markers where it's like, this is a sign where it's like, oh, like. I know I knew that I could, but I just proved to myself, like I proved to myself that I really could. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it was honestly probably uh, my second MMA fight um, because it was just incredibly tough. The dude, me and the other guy's skill level was was the same. And I had to dig incredibly deep, um, not only physically, but mentally to be able to be successful. And I was able to. And um, also just the reaction of, um, people that had been in, um, in the sport for much, much longer than I, than I have, um, looking at me and committing me in such ways that mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, like they've, you know, this, this coach has been doing this for 25 years. I've been doing it for three and you know, I'm a year and a half in and he's like, he's like, Hey, keep it up. You're going to be there. You can do this. And I'm like, well, if, you know, if he's telling me that I I'm inclined to believe it myself, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always fascinated by, I think, what you just briefly hinted on, like the mindset when it comes to the moment, because I was sharing this story with a couple of my other friends and people that were on the show previously. When I went and hiked the Grand Canyon recently, Mm -hmm. there became a point where literally in my mind, I just continued to repeat one more step, one more step, because it truly got that difficult. I mean, it was to the point where my body was wanting to give up, as I'm sure you've experienced. And then I just said one more step, mind over body. One more step, mind over body for like three miles straight, <laughs> yeah. nonstop. But I'm wondering, 
in your situation when it especially when you get into the rain what what is that story that you're telling yourself in your head that allows you to get through some of these challenges or get through the hurdles of your body wanting to do nothing but to give up like do do you have a specific narrative that you formed prior or is that something that kind of forms in the moment just based on the energy and the atmosphere and then also the opponent that you're facing it's a little bit of both the the one thing that i can say is consistent is um it, it's funny you know uh i i really like to show and to um i really like to show and express to anyone i ever meet like hey i'm a regular guy you know you might view what i do as extraordinary uh, you know we're the same i still wake up you know obviously everyone has their their differences we're all different people and unique mm-hmm. but you know i still get up every day put socks on put my shoes on and go to work you know like um i i'm i'm not anything special but at the same time um you know the reason why an athlete such as myself is looked at and followed and revered in a way that they are is because we are looked at as like superman mm-hmm. and you know like because we have these abilities that that people may not have and that they deem impressive and that they're interested in and excited about mm-hmm. so part of it is the fact that i can't i can't show in that moment that i'm not superman because it's not so much for myself or my own ego or anything at the end of the day if all this crashes and burns, i went for it i tried as hard as i could and i've had a damn good time doing it i'm happy with that but at the same time um but at the same time i can't in front of these people that believe that i can do anything Mm -hmm. prove them wrong because Mm. i I don't want to take this belief that they have um and the strong belief that they have and ruin it so to speak Yeah, I I found the same exact thing, I think, throughout my journey, like when I first started to get into this space and and really trying to manifest it. I mean, there were times where I fell down, there's still times where I fall down Mm -hmm. more times. But I think that the difference there is being able to get back up and continue to keep going. And I've also realized that when it comes to people, people come into your life at, at different stages. I'm a huge believer in the whole reason season lifetime, because that is what explains many of the people that have been in my life. And yeah. so there are some people that came into my life and they believed in me for a day. Others did it for a week. And, but there's still a core group of people who continue to believe in me. And it almost like it doesn't even matter what the project that you pursue. You know, they just believe in you as a person that you yep. have what it takes. And if you don't, you'll find a way to find that thing or find that it factor within you. And so I'm a huge believer in that. And I'm also curious to to hear from you something that you just pointed out as far as almost like being idolized as an athlete, you know, being looked upon for having these quote unquote supernatural abilities. How do you reframe that as someone who is that person, but is being looked upon differently? Like how do, what's your own journey that you take yourself on to understand that, okay, someone else's expectations and assumptions don't have to become my form of reality. Mm-hmm it's it's having a balance and i it's having a balanced mind and a balanced lifestyle um because for as much as you know for as much as um i do believe in myself in that way as well and i have to from a confidence perspective so that i can go out and perform the way in which i need to mm-hmm. um I, i'm also very balanced in knowing that um i'm also a, a different person outside of that realm i am my own my own very unique person there's and uh I, man i cannot remember where i heard it um, it, I think it was actually a Gary V, 
um, a Gary V video a few days ago and he's spot on. So um, we're all there. Are all, all of us have multiple versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't be MMA like the fight, fight day, fight night in the cage, Gerald, when I'm walking down the street or else, I be in jail. <laughs> you know, so like, so they, we, That's we an important all have thing to recognize. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's having that balance. There's, there's MMA, you know, in the fight, Gerald, that has to be a little bit of a different person that has to be okay with hurting another individual for a, a greater cause. And then as soon as that, you know, 15 to 25 minute window of the fight is over and I walk out of that cage, I'm back to being, okay, now the fight's over. It's recovery, you know, regular every day, you know, joke around goofy Gerald that, you know, make jokes that most people don't laugh at, but I, <laughs> I throw a lot of volume out there. So I get like one out of every 10 gets a laugh. So, um, so, you know, they, I, I think recognizing that, and I think people sometimes look at that as like, Oh, you're one person over here and you're another person over here. And that's, that's tricky too, because it's not that you're a different person. It's that you're a, a slightly adjusted version of yourself for different moments. You can't, you know, if you're, if you're a preschool teacher, you, you can't, you might not be able to say all the adult words or yeah. act as you would completely at home. Cause you're influencing the minds of very young children. Mm -hmm. I teach kids at the gym. So, you know, all the, although I'm, I'm an adult that might drink adult beverages and, do other things like, like outside of that, when I'm teaching the six and seven year olds at the gym, how to throw a punch, like I can't be that person. I need to be good, ro good role model, um, proper, you know, proper person speak, you know, speak without swearing, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I think it's recognizing that it's all balance. And although that there are these people that see me as like superhero, superhero, Gerald, like that, like, like I ha I need to believe that for the period of time that I'm competing and, and when I'm training, but mm -hmm. like, I don't need to walk around every day. Like, yeah, like, like I'm awesome, you know? So yeah. <laughs> Jesse Spong has joined us here. She says, oh, yeah. hello from home. Yeah. That's uh, my brother's wife. Yeah. That's awesome. that, that looks like that's my son, but that is not my son. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I I always give my her and my brother flack. I'm like, I'm like, that is my child. Look at his hair. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Yeah. Now I, I, I think that's a it's an interesting point that you bring up in regard to managing one's image and I think persona as well. I, I had to do not had to do, I chose to mm -hmm. do a similar thing as far as understanding after a while, your words do matter. Mm -hmm. yep. And and there are people that listen and tune in and choose to make their own changes based on how it is that you're living your life and documenting that life. Mm -hmm. And so to a degree for me, I just found that as a form of responsibility. Like now I'm responsible and I'm, and something that you mentioned at the very beginning, it's like, it's no longer about you. Mm -hmm. it, it becomes about we, it becomes about the community and the collective. Now, yes, you still have to wake up and you still have to do the work in order for the other things to exist. But as far as the impact goes, it's significantly larger now than just one person. Yep. 100%. And something you mentioned earlier that I wanted to touch on, you, you talked about, um, you know, falling down and, and the fact that, you know, you fall down more than you stand up or whatever, however you worded it. Um, mm -hmm. People confuse like falling down or failing as like the end all be all. Falling down is a requirement to be great. Mm -hmm. Um, it's actually a requirement to be good and it's a requirement to be bad. Falling down is a part of life. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, 
thing things for me have been great lately um nothing to complain about nothing going on i woke up this morning super congested my head hurt like like i'm, I'm definitely not sick i don't know what it is just maybe a sinus or, or allergy thing but i'm uh like didn't really feel like doing anything today but i didn't allow that to change who i was what my priorities are and what i needed to do mm -hmm. so um you know it I think people confuse, you know, falling down as a sign that they need to just stop completely when in reality, it's just a part of it. Mm -hmm. What does failure mean to you now? An opportunity to learn. Mm. I've, uh, I, I used to, when I was younger and less mature, um, I, I didn't, I would kind of run away from it. I would try to hide from it. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember a particular, uh, a wrestling tournament my dad took me to that, um, had a lot of great competition and I did like, okay, I think I went two and two, won two matches and then had two really good guys. I wrestled and, um, lost. And, um, when we went home, my dad recorded everything. When we went home, I watched the two matches I won and then deleted the two matches I lost without even looking at them. I think I was like 14 or 15 mm -hmm. and, um, didn't realize it at the time, but even just a few years later, I was like, man, that was stupid. Like that was so stupid because I could have watched those matches I lost, saw where my mistakes were, saw what where the other guy took advantage, you know, where I could have improved. So I missed important teaching and learning moments from that um, mm -hmm. because I was I, I let my emotions get the best of me and I made an, an emotionally driven decision instead of taking it as a as a moment to learn and being like, okay, like that sucked, whatever, it's fine. I should be excited about this because this is an opportunity. I went against someone that was more elite than me. It gives me the opportunity to be like, okay, I got to make sure that I fix that. So he's not able to do that to me again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had the same exact experience. A friend of mine, shout out to him. His name is Andrew Bettencourt. I was roommates with him at the time. And when I was mm -hmm. first starting the podcast, mm -hmm. he actually made me listen the first 10 or 20 episodes. And trust me, it was painful. It yeah. was <laughs> it was painful to listen to something that you're just starting off, and you, I didn't even know how to form the questions nor ask the questions. Anxiety was through the roof because mm -hmm. everything was live recorded, and some of the things that you truly couldn't change they they were in the moment for what they were. But I realized that that was such an important thing that he helped me realize is the importance of going back and studying the film studying yep. it to the point of understanding like what is the progression that you're making and are you actually making incremental steps to better yourself whether it's not equipment but more so just as a person even having the ability to carry a conversation i mean it's a night and day from where i started from episode one to whatever it is now hundreds but i realized that doing the same exact thing as you had just described going back to the drawing board and seeing that film over and over again and allowing myself to understand, okay, here are the things that I would like to change or I would like mm -hmm. to see differently. And then from there, kind of approaching it by chapters. And like one chapter, I'm going to focus on the language. Next chapter, I'll do the audio. The one after that, the video. Instead of trying to get the whole picture all at once, because yep. I know that was a tendency for me, and I don't know if that was a tendency for you as mm -hmm. well, You know, wanting to make the whole Picasso painting all yeah. in one sitting when in the reality, it's just like, okay, that's not actually how life works. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, I think that's kind of human nature a little bit too, because, mm -hmm. um, everyone, you, you fall in love with the, the romantic version of, of whatever it is you want to do, you know, like that, that big fight for the title, 
you know, the, um, you know, that podcast where you have that guest on that it's going to really, you know, like make your views go through the roof and get the word out and help spread a positive message. But here's the beauty in everything that comes before that. My very first fight ever was on the biggest stage against the biggest person ever. Uh, I would have came out with a huge failure that I might not have learned much from because when you, when you try to do something like that, um, that is one of those failures. You could learn some, like what you would learn from that is I tried to run before I could even crawl, you know? Mm. So, um, the beauty in the beginning, let's say you start a new YouTube channel, you do it for a few months, you, you get 50 or 60 subscribers and you're like, man, I'm doing this, you know, every week and it's, it's not really building up. Well, you also got to realize this is practice time. You mm -hmm. know, would you have wanted episode one to be viewed by millions of people and then look in the comments and everyone's like, wow, the production quality is not great. Mm -hmm. You're kind of stumbling like, you know, yada, 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 all this stuff. When, you know, on video, you know, 789, when you're finally there and finally have that audience, you the first 200 might have been crap. The next 200 might have been good. And then that last 200 started to be really good and then you're 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 kind of you're kind of ready to be prepared for that audience so mm -hmm. th there's beauty in in the beginning and middle parts before you get to the top i always tell people that you know like the dream for me isn't when i when i'm on tv and i win the belt the the dream is now because like that's gonna be like when i'm like at that point i'm like man like i'm almost done like i'm, I'm at yeah. the end you know like like, you know, maybe I fight a few more times, like, like, you know, it, it, but the, the fun part is now the fun part is getting there and seeing the changes. Like if, if I look at a video for myself a year ago, I'm a drastically different fighter. But if I look at myself from year 10 to 11 from fighting, I might be a little bit better, but you know, like it, it's hard because a lot of that improvement comes at the front end. When do you start to look at your whole journey and start to look at the beauty within it all? Like what actually inspired that? I only really started looking at it this way within the past year. Um, honestly, I think um, being alone during quarantine helped. I, I that was kind of one of those things that like I was like, man, like this is really gonna get a lot of people like being at home alone <laughs> and having to look in the mirror because I, you know, I'm good with that. But at the same, it, it got me too because it wasn't in terms of a of like a man like I needed to change my life. It gave me the opportunity to reflect on it being caught up in the rat race. And it's one of those things about trying to perfect a craft and trying to continually grow. You forget to look back because there's, there's um, learning to be had from just looking back to your last week, month or year. And mm -hmm. you, you forget to do that at times. And also, like you had said, um, you know, I forget at times, like, you know, I have a bad practice or two. And I'm super down and I'm like, man, this sucks. Like what is going on? <laughs> and then I, I forget to realize like, well, you know, over the past three years, I fought countless times. I've made a lot, you know, you forget to, to remember the, the good things just because of a few minor moments. Mm -hmm. And I think that also probably goes or ties into the recognizing the small victories mm -hmm. along the way. And then what, I love what you mentioned about the whole thing of looking at the belt and being on TV or whatever that version looks like for you. I look at those things as just milestones now. Mm -hmm. They're they're no longer like I have to get here and yep. it has to be this way. It's more so like whatever the way that it chooses to reveal itself, that's the way that I'm going to go on. But those things are just milestones. And then that question question that actually my late uncle passed on to me and it's what's next? 
it's something that's ingrained within me now. So yep. I get to the stand and then that question still remains the same. What's next? What's after that? What's the next step within the journey? Instead of looking at it, it's like, I have to get to this point and that's where my career makes sense. That's where my life makes sense. More so approaching it, I think, through a similar lens that you are. Like, my life can make sense now and I am living a dream. And yes, it may not be the dream version that someone else is telling me, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that I'm still not living it now. Absolutely. And that I think is the big difference. Go ahead. I was just, I was, I was going to say, I was, I was actually going to say, I think that's the difference between, um, between getting caught up in what you're doing and, and recognizing what you're doing. And I think it's, that's an important distinction to make. Um, mm -hmm. you know, people get caught up at work, people get caught up with, um, you know, stuff going on at home, what it might be. But once you start to recognize what it is that you're really doing, then you'll start to see one, is it what I should be doing? Um, two, what changes do I need to make? And, and three, is, is this the path I really want to be on? Mm -hmm. What have you learned about your, I know we touched upon this, the belief, and then also the, the support group that you've had around you, mm -hmm. you know, throughout this journey. I'm curious to hear when it comes to the people in your life, how do you process those that are, that have only been there for the one day, the one week? you know, the month, like, do you take those things personally? Or was there a time where you did take them personally as far as what did I do wrong to not no longer have these people in my life in the way that they were? Or do you just like let it go and embrace it for what it is? For myself, I would say that um, I may be, I may be quick to, I, I, I kind of have a line mm -hmm. where, and, and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, a pretty far line. It's not, it's not, it's not a short leash. It's a, it's a little bit of a longer leash just cause I, I do, I do um, believe in people and look for the best in people, but there, there's kind of a line for me when, when something or, or, or someone I feel has crossed it, there's not, not really any going back. I mm -hmm. think that has to do with, you know, my childhood and the experiences I had growing up with, you know, with my mom and, and, and stuff like that. So um, it's just hard for me. Like once I feel like you've, you've like shown that you don't have respect for me or, or you've left me like, like I'm not there for you anymore. Um, but at the, at the same time, like uh, I, I think it's just also being conscious of the fact that we are all different people with different lenses um, with different goals, all trying to live in one life together. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I've tried to do a much better job that understanding if someone comes at me with something um, that, that it might be from a place of like, I need help. You know, mm. it's not, it's not that they're angry with me. It's not that there's anything wrong with me, you know? So I've, I've actually found that a lot of conflict is avoided and it, it actually switches quickly from an, 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 uh, from a situation that may be conflict to one in which, um, you can really bond and or make progress with a person um when you're not approaching them people are approaching each other as a head-to-head -head when in mm -hmm. reality we're all here together so mm -hmm. what is what was your childhood like i don't even think i know much about that so um first of all i want to say that like in some ways it was very good you know mm -hmm. I, i'm not i'm not about the you know oh poor me you know all this and that um my dad was incredibly supportive i have two great brothers um um, parts of my family are really great. 
um, but also my mother was an alcoholic. Um, she deeply loved me and my brothers for sure. She just had those demons, you know, you know, drink some alcohol, have some traumatic experiences, mm-hmm. you know, you're, and then you're a mean person. So, um, it, you know, the, it was very, uh, turbulent, you know, um, you know, I use this word a lot in my life now. And I, th- I think it's probably why with a lot of chaos and, and I think that's why I've grown to embrace it and, and maybe thrive in it because like, it's what I had to do growing up, you know? Um, shit getting thrown around the house, people arguing, um, you know, me getting slapped in the face at like six years old. Like, you know, like I gotta, like, for me, it wasn't like I never receded into, oh my God, poor me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what do I do? I just always kept rolling like, okay, whatever, like on to the next thing. So, um, thankfully, like I said, um, in our community, I've always had a lot of people that have looked out for me mm-hmm. and that, um, that knew our family well, and I always had places to go and people to support me. Um, so I, I, I did, I can't honestly, um, peg it as, you know, a bad, um, a bad childhood. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, um, my mom lost her life to alcohol and drugs <clears throat> as well as there being quite a bit of, uh, um, traumatic experiences tied to that involving myself and our family. I can relate. I can relate yeah. to much of what mm-hmm. you described. You know, yeah. I think being in living in similar circumstances when it comes to my own mom and alcohol, there's only so much that I was able to do as a yep. kid and understand. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even think I understood much of it the way they understand mm-hmm. it now. It was more about, okay, this is happening. How do you keep going? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you keep it, finding a way to get to the next day? I think that was more so the mindset than anything. Absolutely. And I think even just like in the moment, like navigating the situation, you know, and like figuring out, like just trying to understand what's going on, you know, you're, you're a kid and it's, it can be quite hard to, to even grasp it, you know, cause your, your, your mind's not, not all that developed. And honestly, I think, um, I think the reason why that I have the head on, on my shoulders that I do now is because those experiences and probably with you as well, caused, caused our brains to, to mature a little quicker because they had Mm -hmm. to, you know, it was, it was, we got to figure out what's going on to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I will also add on to it. I think there are certain experiences throughout my life. And the reason why I say it is because this is what I personally believe in, but I think there are certain experiences that had to happen the way that they did mm-hmm. for me, because those are the things that have given me the opportunity to find purpose, find meaning, transform the hardship into a place of learning opportunity. And had I not had some of those difficult childhood experiences, I don't think you would be talking to the same person that you are today. And I bet probably a similar thing applies to you. Well, and this is going to sound weird. I think you'll understand. And I think if the people listening, um, you know, take some time to, to think about it, they'll understand as well. My, my purpose mm-hmm. was to get a college was to go to school, get a college education and make a ton of money to put my mother in rehab and to fix our whole family situation. Mm-hmm. I decided that at around 15 or 16, my mom passed away when I was 17. If my goal had stayed, if she did not pass and my goal had stayed that I don't know if I play college sports, maybe, you know, like, um, I'm certainly not living the lifestyle and committing myself to, to fighting as much as I am right now, because this isn't about money for me. You don't make shit as a fighter until you're like, until you're at the top, like you don't really make money until you're there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't even know if I'm pursuing the thing that I'm the most passionate about if my mom is still here on this earth. Earth. So the way that I have chosen to take in her passing is that in order for me to truly live a fulfilling and uh, a very purposeful life in the way that I was meant to, mm-hmm. maybe it was maybe it was one of those things that like it just needed to happen apparently, you know, like I, that might sound a little, a little Mm -hmm. dark, but for me, it's, I'm probably not to have, I'm not able to have as broad of an impact with the world. Um, you know, if that happens, I I might've had one phenomenal impact with one person and our family maybe, but for me, I'm willing to die in a cage in a fight because of what I believe in and, and for the belief that I'm meant to do something greater. Mm-hmm. And I, I share your belief or mindset around that because I look at life through a similar lens. I think there's certain events, not even certain events. I'll say every single event that has happened in my life, they had to happen the way that they did. Yep. Now I think there's a difference between the event taking place and you choosing to articulate meaning from it. Yeah. I think that's the difference. But there's certain events that literally just happen in their own sequence. I've experienced the same exact thing with or similar thing with my mom. In fact, I think it was the year after I was adopted, she passed away. Mm-hmm. So now I don't have an opportunity to see her, to say the things that I've been wanting to say to her for however many years. But at the same time, maybe that's just part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just part of the journey of understanding this is the way the event happened. This is what it, This is how it took place. And now the question is, how do you choose to respond to those circumstances? And I think that's that's where you get to decide um, what meaning you extract from the th- from you know these types of things. That's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. I could have taken that and I could have let it crush me. I could have let it, you know, poor me. What do I do? You know, wah wah wah. Mm-hmm. But I've taken it and allowed that to make me such a better person. And 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 that's that's what's important from this entire thing here is taking an experience that's quite tragic and that most people would be like, well, how do you take something positive from that? And I've actually let it drive me to live a very positive and impactful life. How do you remember your mom? How would Um, you like to remember your mom? My mom was the most outspoken, like, like outspoken, like, but in a, in a good way, like, awesome rambunctious like crazy woman like (laughs) like it 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 was just that you know a little bit of alcohol and some pills mixed in and it went overboard but the the thing that i love is i i do see a lot of myself in my mom you -hmm. know like um she she was in the moments where she wasn't under the influence of something a very sweet very nice very caring person um a lot of fun um, and just kind of like always wanted to be the life of the party and whether I wanted to be, uh, or not, that's what was given to me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I definitely got my mouth from my mother, not my dad. And, <laughs> and, and, um, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, it, it's really cool to see that the redeem, you know, I, I feel very blessed in the fact that I feel like the redeeming qualities of both of my parents are all of the ones that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I don't really struggle with addiction. Um, so that's, that, that's something that I'm, I feel very lucky to have not had passed down to me. You know, my dad is a workhorse. My dad all, will always, you know, put the boots on and do what needs to be done to take care of things. Um, 
and and my mom was always fun and caring and and, and my dad was as well but I, I do feel like that i was blessed to have like i got the best qualities of both of them mm-hmm. what's your relationship like with your dad oh it's awesome my my dad's like one of my best friends i talk to him on the phone weekly um you know uh we we live about three and a half hours away from each other so we see each other as much as we can he's like um he's in my whole life barely missed any football games barely missed any wrestling matches i don't think he's missed a fight maybe one um and uh and i think it was the one that i took on 10 days notice so i couldn't blame him for in the middle of a pandemic not being able to get a ticket to florida to you know to watch me fight Mm -hmm. um but uh it, it, it's great he's been an incredible influence on my life and one that he he has he really for me was in the middle of a turbulent childhood this the piece of stability that allowed me to to feel like i had a normal childhood and i was like other kids mm-hmm. there was food on the table um you know like i never had to worry about if the lights were going to be shut off um you know um, and if, if I told him like, Hey, I, you know, I, I really want to go to this wrestling camp, but it's 2000 bucks. He would be like, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're, we're going to, you know, I'm going to make 2000 bucks for you so you can go to this wrestling camp. And he would. So mm-hmm. my, my dad's been nothing but amazing. And, and, um, uh, he's lucky to hold on to that title. Cause I'm coming for him for the title. <laughs> that. so, that's how I'm going to repay him by being a better dad somehow. So that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Was it was that important for you for him to show up to all the things that you were a part of? Yeah, um, I, I thought it was important because those were the moments in which, uh, like, I feel like I saw my dad's uh, personality the most. Um, mm. Because my dad's a very he's a old farmer type, um, you know, a little a little more quiet, uh, stoic, um, just a hardworking, soft spoken dude. Um, um, unless you get him a little drunk, and then, you know, but, uh, but, uh, it's, uh, for me, it's like, you know, I, I'd, I'd score a touchdown in a football game and I'd look over and, you know, my dad that had always just kind of been like, you know, a little more quiet kind of to himself at home is freaking out in the stands, jumping around, hugging his best friend. Like, and, and it, and it was, it was more important in that regard. And I think that's where my tie to, um, my tie to being like, and I feel like I've always meant to be an entertainer in some way, shape or form. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's where it comes because like, you know, in all this craziness that was going on, if the, if I was doing something that others perceived as exceptional and I was bringing them joy, nothing else mattered. You know, the, Mm -hmm. the shit going on at home didn't matter. You know, like the things I, I I felt when, when it, when it was going on didn't matter. Like, and, and, and I think that's kind of where the inception of that began. Mm. Gerald, tell me a little bit more about how do people connect with you? Do you have anything that's coming up for those that are watching right now? I'm putting his website at the bottom, but anything that people can find, anything that people can engage in that you have in the moment right now? So um, on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, you know, just at Gerald Spawn, um, you'll be able to find me. Um, I think on like TikTok, it's Gerald Spawn 18. Um, We do have a podcast, um, me and one of my best friends that also fights called Hard to Kill. And what hard to kill is, is it's more than just the literal translation. It's a mindset, um, working to be extraordinary at something, embracing Mm -hmm. the skills that make you different and gearing yourself, um, to be able to go further in what it is that you're passionate about. Um, 
are you are you okay with me sharing my screen? I don't know if that's possible. Here, let's see. But I'll I'll definitely find um I can add it here. We can add it to um to the page here. Okay. Um, that we'll be able to share it through. Cool. Well, um anyway, uh so there's that. Um and yeah, so social media is on here, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, um, always feel free. If anyone took any, any pieces of information could relate, have any questions, always reach out, always, always send a message, um, you know, and, and get a hold of me if, if you need to. So that's awesome. I'm grateful that you and I were able to, you know, do this and connect and be in each other's lives. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's been amazing to see your own transformation and the changes that you've been through in life. And like I said, for anyone that's looking forward to their own journey, but may have some questions or just trying to understand what that journey looks like, especially when it comes to the fighting world. Mm -hmm. I think it's perspectives like these, in my opinion, are necessary because it's like, why not learn from someone who's actively doing it? 100%. And I'm always, like I said, I'm always happy to, to field any questions. Um, my thing is I'm always seeking understanding. So I'm always happy to provide information that helps you understand if, um, if I can. So, mm -hmm. well, thank you. Thank you for being in my life and thank you for being a part of the show. Likewise, man. Duh, don't plan on leaving it anytime soon. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider supporting our cause by making a donation through our website at overcomingodds.today so we can continue creating and sharing these courageous and inspiring conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.